Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Good morning. And uh, hopefully uh, you had a good Christmas Eve and a Christmas Day. Uh, even but it was a bit unusual this time of <laughs> the way we celebrate Christmas this time. And uh, But anyway, uh, the important part is that we celebrated the, the birth of Christ. And... Uh, and always remember that uh, the birth of Christ was not the end. It was the beginning of something. And and the same thing with our life in Christ. They, every time there's an end, there's always a new beginning, so to speak. Because it's, uh, it's like the, uh, our relationship with him is not something that just stops. And then now we've done it. <clears throat> but it's always something that continually grows. And um, one of the things that... When, when I look back at 2020, I shared about it on Christmas Day and I shared about it last week. It's really with uh, the term gratefulness because I think that, you know, that uh, sometimes that it's so easy not to, to forget that we should be grateful because of uh, sometimes if you have been walking with Jesus for some years and uh, it's very easy to, what can I say, fall into that you just take everything for granted. And uh, and we can end up just taking for granted that, of course, I'm saved and so on. And we can actually lose, lose our gratefulness in that. And uh, and I believe that this is what the Apostle Paul, he, he, uh, one of the things he, he means when he talks about that, I preach Christ crucified. That it, it is a part of that he never forgets where he came from. because of, And that kept him in a state of always being grateful. Okay, and uh, and as I said again and again and again, when I look about twenty twenty, the more I look at back at this year, we we nearly ending now, is that it is really a time of being grateful, and uh, not just for, uh, just for saying I'm grateful, but really when you look back at what God had brought you through over the last year, and you were still here, and uh, maybe when you went through the process, the process might not have been very very nice uh, experience but but still god brought you through and that's something to be very grateful about hallelujah but let's just pray now and let the holy spirit guide us and uh, let him be our teacher and as i said always listen with for the voice within the voice because god does want to speak to you he wants to speak to me he wants to speak to you why because that's a part of the relationship that we have so Holy Spirit, we thank you and we ask you once again, open our eyes and our hearts and our ears uh, that we may hear the voice of God, that we may hear the voice of Jesus. Speak to us through your word, uh, bring revelation so that we may know Jesus better. We ask you that in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> uh, if you turn to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, um, it says here, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I want you to understand here, it's very important that you read, it does not say that we give thanks for all circumstances. It says that we can give thanks in all circumstances. Okay? And I believe that there's some, you know, I believe that 
in, in our faith walk, it is so important that we have a grateful heart, a, a heart that is full of gratefulness. You know, where it's very difficult, uh, or can it be very draining to be with people who are always negative, who are always complaining, who always point out everything that is wrong and, and can even use Bible scriptures and always take the negative side of what the gospel talks about, you know, like... I know some people, all they can talk about is the end time, the end time, the end time. And, and you know what, after a few minutes of listening to that kind of stuff, your faith is just drained, okay? Because there is not much faith talking about the end time, in, in okay? <clears throat> but the Bible talks about here in Thessalonians, which is, the Bible scholars believe, which is the oldest of all, the first epistle that the Apostle Paul, he writes, and, uh, and he said, give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, teach yourself to give thanks in all circumstances. Because as I said, you know, it's the beginning of faith. Because faith, our faith is built, <coughs> is founded upon a relationship. And, and to have a good relationship is, uh, is to be grateful. Okay, so give thanks in all circumstances. And you might have gone through rough times. You might have had challenging circumstances, challenging situations in 2020. But in all of these things, you can always give thanks. Okay, always focus upon Jesus. When say, you know, that things don't go your way, when things are not turning out the way you expected, always remember one thing, your, the root of joy for you, your root for for, for gratefulness is not what happens around you, but is down to what has happened within you. Okay, you can always say, thank you, Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, you have forgiven me. Thank you that you have redeemed me. Thank you that you have restored me. Thank you that you have a purpose and a plan and a future for me. You know, when you start teaching yourself to speak out these things loud to yourself, I'm telling you, your spirit will start rejoicing. Why? Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And sometimes we need to preach to ourselves. We need to hear the word of God. And uh, so when, we, when you get tempted to fall into a trap, to start complaining, start being negative, always take the scripture here in First Thessalonians that, that, that reminds us of, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Many years ago, I don't know. I don't think. Even, I don't even know if you can still get the book, but there was a book that was uh, that talked about always giving thanks, and uh, and like with many things that we human beings we get involved in, we we always stretch a truth so far out that it can become wrong. But so that book taught about that you know if you are diagnosed with a terminal disease, just give thanks for that and things. But the funny part of it was that many many there's many there are many testimonies about people who applied their teaching and they actually got healed. And now, I don't think they, they got healed because of they said, thank you that I got this, that and the other. But I think that God saw their heart, that a grateful heart God is attracted to. Okay, just like you and I, we, we get attracted to people who are grateful. We, we, we like to fellowship with people who are happy and peaceful. You know, when we have been with people who are not happy and peaceful, but always complaining, it, you know, it can be very, very tiring. So, so the Apostle Paul, he says here to us, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. 
This is the will of God. You know, if God's will for you and I is we should live a life in gratefulness. Always be grateful. You know, that uh, in the early days I had uh, my, my late, my mentor who is now home with Jesus, he, he, he taught me this thing, heard always, no matter how you feel, gratefulness is not a feeling, it's not a, something in your emotions, it's a decision you make with your will. So teach yourself, he said to me, uh, that every time things are hard, uh, go uh, teach yourself to just learn to say, thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Thank you, Jesus, that you saved me. And um, and all the years I just learned that, that it's like when things don't always turn out the way I want them to turn out and circumstances are not turning out the way I, I expected it to turn out, uh, that one thing that he taught me, where it just goes, clicks into autopilot and say, you know, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. And the moment we start saying, thank you, Jesus, you, you can start feeling something happens and something stirs up on the inside of you. And suddenly faith just kicks in and uh, circumstances changes. Okay. So, so he says, if this is the will of God. Sometimes people ask me, do you know what the will of God is for me? Do you know what the will of God is for me, Pastor? They ask me and I can say, I can, I, one thing I can say with confidence is, yes, here, the will of God is for you and I to live in gratefulness, to be thankful for all, learn to appreciate the things that we have already been given. Don't take anything for granted, but just always uh, live in appreciation and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I'm healthy. Thank you that I'm strong. Thank you that I have a sound mind. Thank you that I have peace. Thank you that I'm called to live uh, without fear, but in righteousness, peace and joy. Amen. And uh, and when he says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Now you have to, you know, uh, it's important to understand that uh, Christ, this is one of these words that uh, has not been translated, but it has been imported. Okay, the word Christ basically means the anointed one. So this is the will of God in the anointed one, Jesus, for you. Okay, so the moment you and I, we become born again, we become children of the living God, you know, we receive the Holy Spirit, we, we become, what we say, born again, we get put into Christ, into the anointing. And, uh, and when we are in that, God wants us to be grateful. That is his will to live a life full of gratefulness okay um, in psalm 118 24 so this is the day you probably know that verse this is the day that the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it this is today is the day that the lord has made i know that you know but uh, the late old robbers he always started you know he used to have radio meetings and every sermon he preached Every single day he said, rejoice, this is the day that the Lord has made, and expect something good to happen, okay? And, uh, and I believe this is what we should, we should train ourselves to always start the day out realizing this is the day that the Lord has made, okay? This is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because we know that God is in control. We know God is in charge. You know, he, and, and because he's in charge and, and we know that we walk with him, we can expect good things to happen. In Joshua 1, 8 and 9, God says to, to Joshua just before he goes in and, 
and and and, and conquer the, the promised land god says to him you know keep my word in your heart and in your mouth and then success shall overtake you okay in in the in matthew 6 it says in new testament from a new testament angle it says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you and and i want you to understand this but but god is a giver and the relationship that we have with him is that he is the giver and we are the receiver amen and uh, and we have, and when we receive we rejoice and uh, when we don't see anything at the moment just rejoice about all the things that you have already received you know a good exercise that we can all do and it's i think it's good to do it every once in a while just sit down and write down on a piece of paper what you can be grateful about okay because it's so as i said earlier it's so easy to forget it but remind yourself and remember what god has already done for you and you know what you will just be so grateful so so today what is it sunday the 27th of december 2020 this is the day the lord the lord has made rejoice rejoice in it and be glad amen now, uh, in Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Okay? So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called. Do you know that you and I, we are called to live in peace? No, not necessarily in our circumstances, but on the inside. And when it talks about we, we, we have peace on the inside, it really talks about that we are not moved by what we see, we are not moved by what we feel, we are not moved by what we hear, we are moved by what is in our spirit, okay? You know, we, we not, because our circumstances, our feelings can betray us, can, can tell us things that is not true and we may, can will try to make us believe it is true. But when you are a believer, we are led by the inner peace. And, one of the, and, and you might say, yeah, but that's very difficult. You know, I'm someone who's very emotional and so on and so forth. But I can tell you, the Apostle Peter, you know, remember him in the gospels he was a person who was very very emotional he always responded very very often he responded before he he was thinking and sometimes he responded in the wrong way and yet when we see when we meet peter in the book of acts the night before he was going to be beheaded he was sleeping okay he had learned something from jesus by walking with jesus he had learned i'm not moved by what is on the outside of me I'm moved only by what is in the inside of me, and I, I believe maybe he had a, he saw he remember the example of when Jesus was sleeping in the boat when 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 there was a when there was a bad uh, storm and you know the disciples were so scared and they woke up Jesus but Jesus he was sleeping that kind of peace you and I can have too. But we, we don't need to be afraid of coronavirus. We don't need to be afraid of the financial predictions and uh, whatever it may be. We can rest in peace. Why? Because he who's inside of us is greater than he who's in the world. And as long as we rely upon that inner peace that, we, that Christ gives us, you will never go down. 
Amen. So, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Always check with yourself as well. When you hear bad news, bad, uh, bad testimonies, or, or bad news in the news, and things like that, I should actually call it the bad news, not just the news, okay? Then just check with your spirit and say, no, no, I have, I have the peace of Christ. I do not need to be afraid, okay? You, you are not called to live in fear, but you're called to live in righteousness, peace, and joy. And another place where the Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And as I said before many times, you know, the, the word power in the Greek there, the power, love, and a sound mind, that word can also be translated ability, okay? And that which means that you will never be in lack of ability. Whatever you're facing in your life today, I can promise you, God will give you the ability to overcome it. Just be at peace. Just be confident. Okay? So when you next time you're facing a challenge that might look impossible, that might look hard, that might look beyond your ability, just don't turn your attention to your problem, <clears throat> but turn your attention to your Heavenly Father and just say, Thank you, Jesus. You have said that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I thank you that this situation is not a problem, but it is an opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you start teaching yourself to live that kind of way, you will start seeing Jesus will be more and more real for you, and you will see the impossible become possible. You will see uh, challenges, uh, challenges become opportunities. Problems become opportunities for you to advance and not problems for you to be held down, okay? So let the peace of Christ always rule you. And, uh, and of course, when I talk about the peace, you know, always make sure that that peace that you have in your heart is in line with what the Word of God says. Because it's no good you have peace in your heart, but it's opposite to what the Word of God says. That, that, that kind of peace, don't go by that. If there's, a, if there's a conflict between the peace you have in your heart and the Word of God, I would say go with the Word of God, okay? And be thankful. And be thankful. Do you know that one of the, uh, the, uh, the, the words that can uh, build relationship is the word thank you. Okay? If we just learn to say thank you more, I'm telling you, our, that will affect a lot of our relationships. Just by that simple word thank you. When you go into the presence of God, remind yourself of don't come in with your prayer list, with your complaining list or whatever it may be, but come in and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus. And the moment you do that, the Holy Spirit, you attract the presence of God. He wants to be in the presence of people who are grateful. Amen. Uh, Psalm 107 verse 1 so it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. I think in other translations it says that for his mercy endures forever. I remember the, the late John Osteen when he went on to be in glory. That was the last, they say that was the last word that he, that he uttered in this natural life before he went home to be with Jesus. He said, uh, okay, thanks. To, he said, for his, good, for, for his good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Always remember the love of God endures forever. The Bible talks about that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing you can do, nothing you haven't done or should have done or, 
or whatever, uh, can separate you from the love of God. And it is so important we understand that we might think, oh, that's very basic, that's very simple. I can promise you, if you get that one thing right, there is faith suddenly is not, it's not difficult. You will never again say to yourself, oh, I wish I had faith for that, I wish I had faith for that. Once you see how much God, how much God, your God, loves you, faith is easy. Faith is simple. So give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. <clears throat> Remember, God is good. Okay? God is not even neutral. Okay? God is a good God. You have to understand that when you become a child of the living God, you know, now He works for, on your behalf. For your benefit, from that moment on, you don't get what you what you deserve. You receive grace. Amen. It's you know it's not some some. I used to have a picture of God is like he was like a neutral judge, and uh, <clears throat> and what would swing the weight was swing the scale to for my benefit was that if I could build up enough good deeds, then he will bless me. And that was a completely wrong image I had of God because God is good here. For he is good. For he is good. Underline this word for he is good in your Bible. He's not just God. He is a good God. Amen. One of the things that uh, you can translate grace with is the word favor. And favor is not when you get what you deserve. Okay. Favor is really when you get what you don't deserve or what you haven't earned. But because of the giver who gives it to you, it's because of him. Because he's good towards me. Okay, if you are being cleansed by the blood of Christ, if you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you can be assured of and rest assured in, be confident in that God is good towards you. The Bible, I think it's in the book of James, it talks about only good gifts comes down from above. Amen. Only good gifts comes down from above. So give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Now, for his steadfast love. Now, he's not, it's not just a love that one day I love you, or the next day I don't love you, now I love you, now I don't know. It's a consistent love. You know, I used to think if I fasted for X amount of days, if I spent X amount of hours in prayer, that would make God love me more. But it isn't. God's love is steadfast. God cannot love you more than he loved you today. Amen? Because it's a steadfast love. Yeah, but Pastor Kurt, I've done this and I've done that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, he still loves you. Okay? He don't lo love you less because you have done this and you haven't done that. His love is steadfast and it endures forever. He will never take that love away from you. No matter what you do, no matter what you have done, his love endures forever. <coughs> I remember I was in Birmingham uh, I think it was been around two two thousand, I think, and I I I heard the, the testimony of the, the the late preacher Stephen Hill, uh, who has gone home to be with Jesus, and uh, and he said that uh, you know that he, before he became a Christian he was a drug addict, and it used to be that his mom his mom used to have prayer meetings in the living room, and he was Stephen Hill he was he was high on drugs down in the basement, and. Uh, and he, he never, at that time, he, he, he always thought, you know, his mom was keep, kept praying for him to be saved. But he, Stephen Hill said, he always thought, I'm not good enough for Jesus. 
I'm not good enough for Jesus, okay? Because he had this in mind that Jesus loves us according to our conduct. But when he suddenly saw this thing, that his love endures forever. That is not because of, but is despite of that he loves us. He doesn't love us because we have done good deeds today or love us less tomorrow because we may, might not have done it, but he loves us consistently. His love endures forever. His love is greater than your sin. His love is greater than my sin. His because it endures forever. It is so, so important we understand that because many of times when we fall short, many of times what we, what we should have done, we don't do. When you fail, that's not the time to run away from Jesus. When you fall short, don't run away from him, but run towards him. I say to the church over here that there's only one sin that God can, can't forgive you of. And that's the one sin that you don't want to take responsibility for or you won't confess. But any sin that you confess, the Bible says, He is faithful and He will forgive you. Amen. Why can we be so confident in that? Because Jesus has already taken the punishment for my sin, for my failures, my shortcomings. Those I, ha I have done and those I'm going, I, I will most likely do in the future, Jesus has said, I have already paid for it. So you can be confident now. Come and receive forgiveness. Don't, when, when, you, when, you, when you messed it up, don't run away from me, but run towards me. Amen. And it is so important we understand that because of when we run away from God, we isolate ourselves and we become even more vulnerable. Okay. So when you fall short, Remind yourself, don't run away from Jesus. Jesus, if you want to Jesus, he will embrace you. I, I, I always thought about Peter and Judas, you know. And uh, Judas, you remember that he was the one who sold, uh, sold Jesus out, betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And, uh, but think about it, Peter, what Peter did was actually just as bad. Okay, he cursed Jesus three times in public. He denied his existence, the knowledge of him. And one of the time was even when he was in the presence of Jesus, where Peter denied him and he cursed and so on and so forth. So between Judas and Peter, there was not really, you can't really say one sin was worse than the other. But the difference, the difference from the two was that when they both realized we messed up, Judas and Peter, Judas, he ran away from Jesus. Where Peter, he ran to Jesus. And we know what uh, the sad ending with, with Judas. And according to church history, uh, our church tradition, <coughs> Peter became the first pope. And uh, so, uh, so that's where we see the difference. But they both messed up. But one ran to Jesus because they realized he was Christ the anointed. The other one never realized how much he was loved. Okay, I believe God loved Judas just as much as he loved Peter, just as much as he loved you and me. But the problem with Judas was that he didn't embrace it. By when he, when he had messed up, he could have run to Jesus and said, Jesus, forgive me, I have messed it up, I have sinned. And I'm absolutely sure of one thing, that Jesus would have forgiven him. Just like with the, you know, traditionally we've always been taught this thing about it, why we are, why we have been kicked out, why Adam and Eve was kicked out of the Garden of Eden, that was because we ate of the fruit. Uh, actually, I don't believe that is the case, because if you're reading the, the passage in Genesis, you will see that that evening after they eaten of the fruit, God, God met up with Adam and Eve, and, 
And when God said, what have you done, Adam? And if Adam had said to God, God, I know you said I shouldn't have eaten of the food. I messed up. I am sure that God would have forgiven me. Okay? But that's not what Adam did. He, instead, he said to God, God, is that wife that you gave me? Basically, he said, it's not my fault. Okay? And therefore, he could not receive forgiveness. So, by, so why I'm saying all these things is because in our human nature, when we messing up in a relationship, it's very you know that uh, the, the flesh will 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 withdraw us from that relationship. Instead, we should embrace it and ask for forgiveness and say, "God, I messed up," and the relationship can be restored. Okay, you know, but I've seen many times over the years as a pastor that you know that. That uh, when with, with people when they not lived up to their own expectations towards other people maybe and instead of going and restore the relationship very often when the, the, the human flesh will withdraw us from it and when the relationship breaks down, okay. Anyway, uh, in Matthew six twenty one. Uh, no, no, no. Rest. I'm ahead of myself. Second Corinthians two fourteen. Okay, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Uh, sorry, leads leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Okay, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. He always leads you to victory. That's why that you can trust him when he asks you to do things. He, he will never ask you to do things that will degrade you. He will always ask you to do things that will promote you. Okay? But the problem is sometimes we find that the process of how we think we should be promoted is not always the same way that God wants us to be promoted. But, the, but I can promise you, God will never ask you to do things in your uh, ask things of you that will destroy you. He will, when he asks you of things that uh, that you might not even understand, but when you understand that he is good, and when he asks you to do something, he will do it. He will ask you to do it for your benefit, not for his benefit. Okay, everything he asks you to do is for your benefit, for my benefit. He always leads us in triumphal procession. This refers to basically in Roman history, where you know that, <clears throat> that when the Roman army conquered a, a new nation and so on and so forth, what they did was they brought all the treasures from that country back to Rome and maybe the king of that uh, country and they led them in procession through that, uh, that to show, see how we are conquered. And this is how that yeah, when Jesus leads us, is always in triumph. He had already conquered the devil. He had already defeated all the evil forces. So you can be absolutely assured of, don't be afraid, because Jesus has already got the victory for you. And when it says, this is, and when through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. And, and through us, do you know, but the way Jesus works in this life, is through his body, which is you and I, okay? Where, you know, the church is the body of Christ here on earth. Sometimes we, I, I remember once uh, I, I said to Jesus, Jesus, why don't you do something? 
and uh, about a certain situation for a certain person. And uh, and then after a while, the Holy Spirit said to me, why don't you do something? I said, well, me? Who am I to do anything? And then he said, because you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. And when, when I saw the scripture, and through us, meaning you and me, spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. This is our job as believers, to spread the knowledge of Jesus everywhere. The knowledge of that Jesus has paid the price. Jesus loves you. Jesus has restored you. Uh, I'm sorry, I just have to say something here. Uh, if there's someone who has problems with their uh, back on the right side uh, right now, just uh, lay your hands on it and uh, and just receive the healing. Because of the, I just got a word of knowledge here that if you have problems with your back, just receive the healing right now. And if you've done that, you, you have got it because of the... Uh, I can feel it's disappearing from my my body now. You know that one of the ways that God uses me. I'm not saying this is something that He does with everyone. God uses us in different ways. That uh, that we sometimes can feel the issues in our body uh, as a word of knowledge. Okay, but if that is you with the back pain, just claim it and say thank you. I received it, and I'm telling you, you have received it because it's gone now. So I'm absolutely sure you have been healed. If it's you here watching now wonderful if you're watching later that's wonderful too there's no time and space in the kingdom of god amen well this thing about time and space is always something that was a big of an issue for me because of uh, when i lived by faith in one year meaning that the, the first year of when i was in the ministry god said to me that i mustn't take any kind of benefits social benefits and so on if i needed something i should learn to pray for it ask god for it and he will provide it and that's where I learned that there is no time with God because you know what I learned that God never comes too early. He never comes too late. He always comes right on time. But the problem with me is that right on time for God and right on time for me was not always the same time. But uh, he always came through. Okay. Anyway, First Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That sounds like the first verse. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Always live in the awareness of Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has paid the price. Don't necessarily take joy from that if God uses you to heal someone. That's, you know, remember when Jesus said the disciples are the 12 and the 70. And uh, the disciples, they came back rejoicing and said, yeah, even the demons are, are obeying us when we're using your name, Jesus. And then Jesus, he said, don't rejoice over these things, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Amen. That, that, that you, our name, always let that be your foundation of joy. That every day, remember, remind yourself, I am so grateful I shall live and not die. My, my name is written in the book of life because of the blood of Christ. Because I received him, I shall live forever. Amen. So rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Now, I want you to understand this thing about prayer. prayer you know, traditionally, we've always been taught prayer is like we bend our knees, fold our hands and say certain words. <clears throat> that is a kind of prayer. But I believe prayer is not, just, it's not something that we do. I believe prayer is a position that we put ourselves in where we are always available for God to speak to us. 
Okay? When I'm always living in the awareness of that God will speak to me, will direct me, will lead me, will guide me, always, I'm always available to Him, to His voice. Okay? That's what I see, the, the, the higher level of prayer. So when He said, pray without ceasing, pray will always be available. You can say very similar to your, <clears throat> to your smartphone, you know, that... Uh, when you turn it, when it's turned on, you are always available for someone to, if someone wants to call you, okay? That's, that's the state that we should be in all the time so that when God speaks, we are ready to hear, okay? Give thanks in all circumstances. Here it is again. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Remember Peter and, uh, Peter and no, sorry, Paul and Silas. <clears throat> Paul got a dream of, uh, about the Macedonian man who said come over here and the Apostle Paul he realized God wants me to bring the gospel to Macedonia um, and when he asked Silas do you would you like to join me and uh, that must, uh, uh, maybe Silas was very excited about that he was going to travel with Paul and they, they come to Macedonia and the first thing that happened Paul cast out a demon of a young woman and Silas might have thought, oh, this is really exciting. And then the next thing that happened, they're ending up in prison, they get arrested and they got beaten up and they're in the pit of the prison. And, uh, and they got, they're beaten up there. And, uh, and, and there the Apostle Paul shows us the lesson. He said, about, you can give thanks in all circumstances. Because what happened when, uh, when he started giving thanks, we start singing to, to uh, sing praises to Jesus, is that, there came like what felt like an earthquake and the chains fell off and the prison doors opened, okay? And I believe that, that is also a picture of our lives where we can feel that we have been we in a very dark spot. But when you start giving praise to Him, He can shake every foundation, every circumstance, every situation so that it turns out for your benefit, okay? Just learn to give thanks, okay? Giving thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay. Psalm 103, to, uh, verse 2 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Do you know what is interesting here? That here, uh, the psalmist, he differentiates between the soul and the spirit. Okay. You know, that it's very important we understand we are not our soul. Okay, you know, the Bible says when we are a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. And here the, the son, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He speaks to his own soul. He speaks to himself and say, bless the Lord. Okay, which again indicates that he might not have felt like it in his emotions, but, he, but the psalmist reminds himself, bless the Lord, O my soul. And when he said, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. Did you know that when you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, there are certain benefits that is available for you. Amen? There are certain benefits that is available for you. What is, and you might say, what are these benefits? If you get sick, you can be healed. If you fall, if you make mistakes, you can be restored. If you, uh, you know, you know, if you have been broken, you can be made whole. You know, there are so many benefits here. One of the benefits is he had promised he will provide for you. 
He had promised that he will look after you. He had promised he will protect you. He had promised that he will make a way for you. These are some of the benefits that God has given to you in the kingdom of God. So forget not all his benefits. If you're standing in front of a challenge where you don't know what to do, one of the benefits in the kingdom of God is, according to the book of James, if any man lacks wisdom, he can ask God and God will bring it freely. Amen. So forget not all his benefits. And now notice the next part here. If you are someone who who are very good at condemning yourself, always very good at judging yourself and say, I'm not good enough and I shouldn't have done this and I shouldn't have done that and I did this. Now, the next line here is for you. Okay. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who forgives all your iniquity. Not just some of them. But all of your iniquity, just meditate over that one uh, for a while. He who forgives all your iniquities. Do you, you know that sometimes people, they can think, oh yeah, God will have forgiven me this and this and this and this. But when I did that thing, and that is so bad, this is so bad, okay? But here, the Bible says, he forgives all your iniquity. Who forgives all your iniquity? And now, the next line, if you are ill, Underline that, you know, this is who heals all your diseases. Amen. Who heals all your diseases. Not just the, the bad pain, not just uh, the headache or, or whatever it may be. You name a disease. The Bible says, who heals all your diseases. And now you have to understand, this is Old Testament. This is before the cross. So there was already healing available. But in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, Jesus goes one step further because he's not going to heal you. He has already healed you. And, uh, you know, and I'm quoting again, 1 Peter 2.24, that by his stripes, you have been healed. Past tense. Okay. But so, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your diseases, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Amen. Who redeems your life from the pit. You know what? I, I don't care where you are. And forgive me if that sounds a little bit blunt. That's not, it's not meant in that way. But it uh, doesn't matter where you are right now. Jesus can redeem you. Amen. You, you know, you will never go out so far that he cannot reach out and redeem you. Okay. If someone tells you this is beyond redemption, that's a lie. Okay? It doesn't matter how bad it looks like, you are not beyond redemption. Okay? Who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Who redeems your life from the pit. The, you know, it looks so bad. If you think it looks so bad where you are now, now I can tell you he can redeem you wherever you are. Who redeems your life from the pit. <clears throat> and not only does he redeem your life from the pit, who crowns you, who crowns you with steadfast love. Here we see again the word steadfast love. Steadfast love and mercy. Amen. I you know, but I believe really that the heart of God is not someone uh, it's like what we do often as human beings. Say, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. You shouldn't have done this. I don't believe God is like that because he knows that we are humans and, uh, and that's why he knew that we needed a savior. He knew that we needed a redeemer. He knew that we needed a restorer. He knew that we needed an intercessor to take our place and pay the price on our behalf. 
God knew all these things. Okay, so he crowns you with steadfast love. What does crown talk about? It talks about authority, power. Where is our authority and power based upon? That his love towards you and I are steadfast. You know, many of times when, when I do things, the devil come and speak to me, just like he speaks to you most likely. And, uh, and when he says, why, why do you think God will do this for you? Why do you think God will give that to you? And the only answer I have for the devil is because he loves me with a steadfast love. The devil will always try to make me justify myself for why I should be able to have it. No, it's not according to who I am, according to what I have done, I could do, haven't done, and so on and so forth. It's all according to what has Jesus done. I don't put my faith in my own conduct. I don't put my faith in my own action, my own wisdom, or whatever it may be. I put my faith in one thing, and that is, He loves me. And because he loves me, I can be reassured of that he will bless me with good gifts. Amen. If, it's, if I in lack of provision, he will provide for me. Because he is the Lord, he is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Meaning, I shall not be in lack. He has called me not to survive, but he has given me life more abundantly, John Tint says. Okay, so with steadfast love and mercy, and now notice this, who satisfies you with good. Amen. Who satisfies you with good. Again, with good. God gives good gifts. You know, but if you like this and you don't like, if, if you have a choice between two things, uh, and you like this and you don't like the other, God is not going to give you what you don't like. He will give you what your hearts desire, because that's the heart of Him. He is a good God. He loves you. Okay? Satisfies you with good. He satisfies you. He contents. You know, have you been, now we just passed uh, Christmas meals and things like that. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I have it, when you eat something that you really like, uh, sometimes we can, we can tend to overeat and we are, about, we are just so satisfied with good. Okay? And this is, like, this is how the feeling will be like that you are satisfied with good gifts from God. He wants to bless you. And just open your heart and say, God, I, will, I want to receive anything that you have for me. Amen. So, satisfies you with good. And when they say, so that, this is the standing joke I have with some people, that I, I, elderly people, they always quoted this verse. And as I used to say to them, you know, I'm not old enough to know where that scripture is. Okay. Satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, but I was just, uh, the other day I was just uh, watching uh, Marilyn Hickey, and it's just, uh, you know, I think she's, uh, she's plus 80 years old now, and what was just amazing was that her mental strength and ability was just so sharp, okay? So sharp. And, uh, you know, where I met other people at her age, they know that uh, where their mental faculties really start degrading, but not her. Her youth was renewed like the eagles. Okay? And so can you. So can you. Okay? <clears throat> so Lamentations 3.23. This is actually about the grace of God. It says, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. They are new every morning. His mercy and His grace is new every morning. And great is 
his faithfulness. Do you know that God is a faithful God? He don't just he he's, he he is not one of these that as long as things goes well, he's there by your side. No, he's also there by your side when things are not going the way you're supposed to go. He's always there. Why? Because he's faithful. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. The last one I will read today is Philippians 4, 12 to 13. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And when he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What was, what was it that sustained the Apostle Paul through plenty, through, 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 through less? It was that he, what sustained him was his love endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His steadfast love. Amen. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that may we all have a grateful heart. That we may never forget your benefits. We may never forget what you have done for us, but it will always be kept in our mind. That we will that we know that you are a good God and that you will not that you will not leave us nor forsake us. Lord, I, I, I speak to those people who might have felt that they have done something beyond redemption, and I want that lie to disappear from their mind. And I I want you to give them revelation so that may, they may see that you are a faithful God. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. Okay, for those of you who bring your tithes and offerings, um, I, I just once again want to declare Matthew 6 over your, over your life, <clears throat> that when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the other things shall be added unto you. And uh, if you want to give a gift and uh, so, or what we also say, sow a seed, you know, that the, the, thing, the thing that is uh, uh, fascinating about sowing a seed is that when you sow a seed, you basically hold the future in your hand, okay? That uh, today is a result of what you did yesterday, so to speak, which means that tomorrow will be a result of what you do today. And, uh, and, and one of the things the Bible talks about that we should sow seeds, okay? And which means basically when you sow a seed, you hold your future in your hand. Amen. Uh, I, I speak this to the people in our church. If you are not a part of our church, you want to give a gift uh, or, or something, uh, you can just email me for the details. Uh, uh, quite a few people have done that lately, but... Uh, that's up to you, but you can also do it in your own local church. Uh, again, tithing, you don't bring it to a church on that you're not belonging to, you're bringing it to your local church. Okay. Jesus, I thank you that this week we are starting, uh, that we can start it with confidence, that your blood protects us, protects each and every one of us, and uh, and everyone and everything that has been entrusted to us, your blood protects it. Lord, we thank you that your favor is upon us. <clears throat> A spirit of wisdom and excellence shall rest upon us, that we may be witnesses of your goodness, that we may be that sweet-smelling fragrance of, the, of you, Lord, that we may bring knowledge and revelation of who you are, Jesus that we may introduce people to the kingdom of God. Give us courage and boldness that we may take the opportunities that you, that you lay in front of us this week. 
And Lord, I thank you that your word says that whatsoever we say, we shall have. And we declare in the name of Jesus that this week we are starting now shall be very, very, very blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and uh, 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 enjoy this week and, 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 uh, and meditate over what I shared with you. Maybe one of the scriptures was for you and say, you know, declare it over your life. Uh, decide, I want to have a lifestyle of gratefulness in Jesus' name.